that every time I do that intro, it's only two chords. It may not occur <laughs> to you that I know more than two. I actually know four. You know four <laughs> chords? Yeah, I know four whole chords. And maybe next time I'll do an intro with those other two chords. I, now, I think I, I, the mystery reveal. <laughs> mystery reveal. Chord reveal. <laughs> chord reveal at one million subs. Jake, will you play me one new chord? We play me a chord I've never heard before. Oh, Hold on, that's like fifty thousand subs right there. Hold on, Jake. Oh, can you have boost... fifty thousand subs? Can, can, Jake, can you pump up your audio? Can oh. you pump up your voice? Really? Yeah, just give, me, give me a nice like two, four dB. <laughs> How do I do that? The banjo was to... so loud, your microphone got scared. Just bring the mic closer to your face. Oh yeah, I could do that. It's way over here. Oh, now you sound wonderful. <laughs> okay, you sound you sound awesome now. Great. Okay. So yeah. So you guys, is this the first remote podcast again? This is the first, the first remote, one again. Full, first full remote podcast since, since the world yeah. ended again. Since the world uh. ended again. <laughs> 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 well, there was World War Three with Iran, then it was quarantine one, and then now it's quarantine world end two. Don't forget about the wildfires. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, fires, the fires, the fires, the, what, the Area 51 age. Oh yeah! Remember yep. last ah. year? Remember last year the storming of Area Fifty One? Mm-hmm. What a good time! The, the so golden innocent. era. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I take know. me back. <laughs> People <laughs> really make a fuss about trying to storm Area Fifty One when they have nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. But yeah. no one's doing it now. Speaking of being quarantined and being at home, have you guys been watching? A lot of shows. Not really. Although I'm trying to find some time to watch the, the latest season of Norseman. It's that mm. Viking comedy show on Netflix, and it's really freaking funny. Let me, let me write that down. You told me you to watch that too. last time. It's really, really funny. Do you guys have like a I need to watch this list on your phone? I have. Nah. Sometimes I have that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I want to hear what's on it. It's usually it's short. Um, here, let me see if there's anything on there now. Um, but since baseball started back up, I've just been watching baseball. Why? <laughs> see, I got on here. I can check off Community. I've been watching that. I have Parasite. I need to watch that. Oh yeah, that um, movie's great. Get Out, <laughs> Jumanji. Get Out's great. Um, Jumanji? Yeah, not the old one. The new one I heard is really funny. Oh. Really? Yeah. Cool. Enemy at the Gates, Gone Girl, There Will Be Blood, Knives Out, Drive. You never seen There Will Be Blood or Enemy at the Gates? Nope. Or Drive? Nope. Drive's all right. Those are, those are all good. Drive <laughs> yeah. is a way better trailer than a movie. Drive was a really good trailer, honestly. Drive is a trailer. My Neighbor Totoro. Well, you know, it's also Ryan Gosling's first role as like a badass, though. So yeah, he was good, good enough, good enough still, to be believable. I still actually want to watch Blood Machines. <laughs> like, there's a lot a, more. Is that a Gosling in it? No, it's 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 that Carpenter brute like sci-fi movie thing. Hmm. Uh, it's just 
it's it makes no sense, but it's really crazy looking. It's okay. for some reason they decided to have a French actor try to speak with like an American accent as opposed to just hiring a guy that speaks English or having the guy speak French and subtitle it. Yeah. And it's just it gets really awkward. I mean, it, it's just the classic thing is like you have two or three or whatever like amazing VFX artists and yeah. like art directors. And they're like, screw it, this is what we want to make. So they write a script and it's just, you know, the script is inversely like it's it shows about as much inexperience as the vfx shows experience and it's one of those kind of tragic things where it's like you notice it only get made because they are passionate about doing it and they had to you know pour their heart and soul into it but you know one of the things that comes with that is that they have to write the script then and direct it and you just end up with a thing that's so beautiful but so janky <laughs> you know they should have kept it in french because the thing is is that way then everyone around the world would like like a lot of metal you know that i listen to yeah. is not like in english and i think it's probably better that way because it's like mm-hmm. i get the emotion and the tone of what you're saying but i don't need to like mm-hmm. hear you you know recite some random like viking book yeah, you don't no. have to realize how dumb it is <laughs> like yeah i don't realize have to, i don't have to realize how dumb it is <laughs> yeah my, my Corito battle battle uh ballads are the same way like <laughs> for me like i like listening to them just because they sound nice and I understand like they're, they're bitching and moaning about something, but I don't necessarily want to know all the details, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's why foreign yeah. films always seem so heavy and like important. It's because you can't understand anything you're saying. So it's like, this must be good acting. <laughs> it's like, you, know, you assume it's good acting, you know, it's yeah. like it gets, the acting gets a, a, a pass. He's like, you left the fries off the order. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> this tragedy is the biggest tragedy that i will ever ever have it's like you know but in another language it's just like man the passion yeah <laughs> well i, I feel yeah. like that's why anime still works the best that way too because you yeah. get to read what they're saying and you hear the emotion behind the delivery but mm-hmm. you know if you were to actually say the words these anime characters are saying you know it's, it's just a <laughs> meme <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. just yeah so all our videos are going to be in foreign languages from now on, because that's the key mm-hmm. to good acting. That's yep. the takeaway. It is. That's actually what we're having the podcast for today, is to <laughs> announce that all of our pieces are going to be in whichever language we feel is most appropriate. For... I mean, we're still, we're still shooting them in English, but we're just going to dub them. <laughs> Wait, are we? Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, you need to, you, then you don't dub them, and then people are like, ooh, what's he saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, I hear that's how it, like, what is it like? Uh, like I was reading it like in Glorious Bastards and Quinn Tarantino shot that um, there's a lot of German in it. And, you know, he doesn't really yeah. speak German. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I just like that idea of like, all right, you're a German actor. Give me the best like German take on that line. And he <laughs> listens to it and he's like, sounded emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll dub it later we'll put the sub caps well, it's like yeah later. you looked really intense when you're saying that so it's probably a good delivery that's true i was yeah. hooked through those scenes in that piece and all, it's a good all movie. the movie yeah the scene in the house where the girls are hiding under the house and yeah it's a good scene a lot of good scenes in that movie yeah yeah that reminds me of another fun translation fact of how like uh arnold schwarzenegger was not allowed to do the German dubs of his own movies <laughs> because 
in, like his voice and the way he speaks like in German isn't considered like a theatrical <laughs> or like manly yeah, sounding voice or Austrian either. Yeah. You know, it's the same yeah. language, but yeah, like, um, yeah. I, thought I don't know if they're particular about that stuff. They must, they sounds like they must be. Yeah. Like, they're, they hired they, a different actor for, yeah. for the German version. <laughs> history of, the history of Germany and Austria is not, not always peaceful. They've had their moments of feuds yeah. in the past. I don't know much about yeah. it myself. It's funny to think have that. You ever, have you ever seen um, The Sound of Music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> classic of course <laughs> yeah i learned uh, recently that uh the actress that played mary poppins is also the lead in sound of music mm-hmm. i didn't realize that the actor- actress apparently everybody else in the world did so yeah crazy yeah <laughs> it's a good movie I, I rewatched it recently sound of music wow yeah i mean yeah the pageantry the the magic i mean wow, wow. i was actually re- researching the uh the way they did blue screens, quote unquote, it wasn't a blue screen actually for Mary Poppins, which was another Julie Andrews, the other Julie Andrews movie that we were talking about. <laughs> and uh, you guys want to hear the crazy tech behind that? Mm-hmm. Sure. So they actually had blue screens like all the way back to like the 50s. And you can pull a key from a blue screen on film just by using various like blue and red filters. Basically, like, you know, a blue filter lets the blue light through, a red filter basically blocks all the blue light. So by using a combination of them, you can basically eventually print on the black and white film a pure black and white image by filtering out the blue and then filtering out the other colors and doing a couple different passes. And then you can use that black and white film to project one part of a film then another part of the film using that black and white film as like a mask. Mm-hmm. So every time they did that, they always had blue fringing, which is pretty similar to what you'd even have these days with the green screen. But then uh, a guy working for Walt Disney was like, instead of a blue screen, which also means that nobody can wear blue, what if we lit a screen only with sodium vapor? Wait, somebody's knocking on my door. Okay. Hold on to the story. <laughs> Everyone hold while Nico answers his door. Welcome to the Corridor <laughs> Podcast, where we really just get down with you guys. Oh, yeah. And, uh, really focus and hone in on the discussion. <laughs> hone in on the discussion and get something, you know, get some, get the meat, get to the meat of it. Well, I might as well check my door just should I, actually, I mean, you know what? Someone's at my door here. I mean, I'm just going to check just in case. Okay. Let me... <laughs> no? No, no, nobody. No, I, I felt like it would be good to just seize that opportunity. Okay, yeah, no one, no one, don't worry. No one's here. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah no, no one's here either. So, okay. but that's the thing. People could show up anytime <laughs> there could have been someone about to knock <laughs> yeah 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 I, just the other day just yesterday i was i was walking through my living room sure enough delivery man right there Pull, pulls up yeah pull right walked right up with a package you know could have been any moment that, could have that satisfying moment when you answered the door before they knock <laughs> yeah yep and you're like hey don't try yeah, this place i know I'm watching my doors. That was a uh, that was a door to door salesman. Mm. What was he selling? Pest control. Uh, <laughs> you got any pests? Yeah. <laughs> he Not really. It's like you got some ants. I'm like, I got ants. He's like, doing that five after five thing. This is a sales technique. I learned this when I was like, working that. Door I can build a small job. fence. A small fence for your ants. 
It's called five after five. <laughs> if your hands it's are running after... everywhere, <laughs> I'll build, I'm, I'm going to build tiny walls. I have a, I have a tiny We're an ethical pest control company. Okay, we build tiny walls for tiny creatures uh, that slowly manage them out of your home yes. in an ethical way that still allows them to survive outside. Basically, so we, they make like a little trail that goes to your neighbor's house. <laughs> so we have nested topics here. We have we have to learn about five for five or whatever it's called, and then we have to go back up and talk about sodium vapor and Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. So let's just work back up, starting with <laughs> yeah, five after five. Dig ourselves out of this conversation hole. So five after five is when you're in sales and you hit five businesses or people or whatever potential clients after five o'clock. Wow, because mm. that's when people are done working. And the theory is like that you you go there and then they're like ready to have a conversation because That's they're prime not time. in the middle of their day. Yeah. Hmm. Little do you know we had a podcast going on. <laughs> you just bring him in, dude. Bring him in. Just bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. See if he knows about sodium vapor. Uh, <laughs> that's All right. So sodium vapor, right? Okay. Yeah. So here's where we were going with all that. So, so how do you a guy like- who's like Hold on. How do you light something with sodium vapor? So sodium it's just vapor a chemical. Is... <laughs> well, You're no, like those old street lights that you I'm saw. Like... Yeah. I know. <laughs> Sam, Sam's introducing the conversation. But <laughs> yeah, the old orange street lights. But basically, it's like the other noble gases where when you run uh, a current through it, the gas emits light at a very specific wavelength. So sodium vapor is something like 540 nanometers or something like that. But it's like, it's a very specific slice of the spectrum. And so they lit a screen with these lights and then, you know, they light the subjects in the foreground and all that kind of stuff. And as the light entered into camera, they had a prism that would split just that wavelength of 540 nanometers or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact number uh, of the sodium vapor light. It would split just that one frequency off into a second strip of film that was black and white. So you'd have your color film and you'd have your black and white film and they're both getting exposed at the same time, but the black and white film is only seeing the sodium vapor light. So it gives you a perfect black and white cutout against the background without having to do multiple filter processes or anything like that. It's perfectly in sync. And the crazy thing is because it's just that one spectrum, you could have somebody wearing blue, they could be wearing green, they could be wearing orange even. Um, there wasn't a color that you couldn't use because it's just that one frequency that you couldn't ha- that would uh, get filtered out. Um, and then it could also do transparency. So one of the things we'll be looking at in VFX Artists React next week is the scene where they're dancing and that kind of stuff with like the penguins. And mm-hmm. Mary Poppins has a veil on. And if you think about it, doing like a transparent veil is hard today with a green screen. And they're doing it back in like the 50s or whatever with Mary Poppins. Man, I'm so surprised that didn't get, take off. So you can get film. This is going to show my ignorance of the film world, mm-hmm. the traditional actual film world. But you can get film that only records or captures a certain wavelength in particular. No, you. I mean, you kind of can, but what they had, the prism would split only that wavelength out to a second strip of film. So that, that strip of film was only getting hit with photons that were in that spectrum because it was the prism that isolated it. So the rolling two reels at once, the rolling yeah. the main footage for the color image and then a separate reel simultaneously rolling. It's like, yep. imagine how like 3D cameras are constructed yeah. right now where you basically have a one-way mirror. So that yeah. way you have like one, one lens point and you have like one camera pointing at your subject. And your second eye is actually usually mounted above, but then they 
the second camera reflects to the same because mm. cameras are too wide to put right next to each other so they stack them like this usually for 3d shoots mm. yeah it's pretty crazy yeah so mm. the, being able to isolate that exact like wavelength let them have things like motion blur and stuff and <clears throat> transparent things and they actually did use it they used it a whole bunch um these for the birds for all like the bird elements that be flying across the screen that's how they got like the transparent mats for that and the one catch was that they were only ever to be able to build one prism that was able to split the light correctly. So that they only had one camera in the entire world that could do the world's best blue screen, basically. What? That's... What? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, but that is insane. Yeah. That's cutting edge. That's like diving in and, you know, just, just, you know, we'll just make a machine that does that. Yeah, I gotta admire that. I gotta admire that that way of thinking, though. Like, yeah, everything's all mechanical and like just mechanical, I guess. You know, it's so like, like all steam. Yeah, it's all steam. It's all steampunk. <laughs> steampunk film. Steampunk V effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old cameras used to run on gas and and steam and coal. Water vapor. I mean, yeah. we, everything still runs on diesel generators outside of the studio. Yeah. What kind of power do they got going in LA now? Uh, you know, electricity. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're asking with that question. It's like, yeah, everything's still steam powered here. No, but like what whale blubber. So where, where we're from, they got the Allen S. King plant, right? And that's a that's a coal burning power plant. Right? Uh-huh. There's, there's a nuclear power plant down south of here. That's right. There's the San Onofre nuclear yeah and then the rest of it is just you know basic old-fashioned coal yeah yeah well there's some wind there's some solar there's some wind stuff north here. Like crazy laser discs that beam all sunlight into one molten salt well yeah we have those batch. going on in in the desert right now yeah man yeah. who knew there was google reviews for power plants like <laughs> there's google reviews for power plants power can you find coming out of this baby really they have wow can, can you find a bad state the night uh oh, here we go san Onofre power plant reviews five stars stayed the night i feel okay now but i've noticed my hair has started to fall out and i've th- i've thrown up a couple times five stars um <laughs> oh one star stop building these on waterways unacceptable wow Oh wow! Uh, you said that mirror mirror one I was talking about. It has three hundred and forty two reviews. Quite a sight from nine fifteen. They should post signs with the name and encourage visitors. Unfortunately, I have not been there, <laughs> but I was able to get amazing aerial view from plane. Yeah. If you <laughs> so apparently birds die in that ray if they fly through there. They just immediately are vaporized. Like, Wait, what is this ray? The ray of sun in like the the pyramid sun in in the desert right before you get to prim nevada when you're on i-15 oh 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 yeah. the, that solar plant the yeah. ivan pa solar electrical generator yeah, it's the world's hottest point <laughs> world's hottest Ooh. point gabe perry here two months ago five thumbs ups one star review uses more fossil fuel than to keep the plant running than clean energy it produces dang what that even, what? that's There's the literally no burn. way <laughs> <laughs> that that like where's the evidence yeah i don't know it's a nuclear power plant that it's not this nuclear. one no this one's solar oh 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 yeah no not the here, not ooh, the, here we go not the san onofre boobs the the the, the uh, four stars four stars for this the nuclear power plant this is one of my favorite nuclear power plants 
However, the steam generators in the reactor were cracked and leaking, so they had to shut the plant down and start decommissioning it. It's a disappointment for an otherwise exceptionally designed power plant. It's for San Onofre? <laughs> wow. The reactor's cracked? That's a great review. That's a that really good review. Dead? Oh, wow. Here we go. One, one, five, four stars. Four out of five. <laughs> it was great to live here while I was homeless. They had a great <laughs> supply of running water that had some extra flavor. It was definitely not worth the stage three cancer, <laughs> but uh, at least I got it. At least I got an extra arm out of it. Comes in, <laughs> comes in handy often. Overall, great experience. Although I don't remember much of it <laughs> because the cancer ruined me memory. <laughs> oh my god! Me memory. Somebody's just trolling hard. <laughs> that one is a. That's a good review. Did you yeah. say that? The, did you say that one of the reactors cracked? That one guy Milford? said that. I mean, maybe it isn't online anymore. Well, maybe, maybe they're re repairing it. I guess that would be common. At it's some closed. Point. It's closed. Yeah, it's you not actually. Thing is you want to shut it down before <laughs> before it. it, it, it and once again, that, that review is correct. It was closed in 2013 after steam generators failed. Wow. Okay. So, you know, Core Digital has Google reviews. Uh -oh. Yeah, but you can't trust them. <laughs> hey we got, we got a flawless 5.0 by the way 89 That's, reviews all five stars i'm sure somebody's gonna jank it up now that i mentioned it but yeah but you know well, it's that's good to, it's good while it lasted 89 reviews all five stars yeah dude we're like oh my god if somebody calls the better business bureau we're number one yeah we're number one guys welcome to the corridor cast but we're number one we're number Google one reviews in general proudly number one uh, here's a here's a good one. Uh, two years ago, from Relics, he says, "Car less than one wheel." <laughs> uh, ten ten out of ten would subscribe again. <laughs> they have an in-house Tom Cruise double. His name is Clint. Wrong. Their special chai tea is great, and so is the udon noodle soup. Would eat here and oh, wow. sleep on roof again. <laughs> well, what can I say? Their T H E I R corridor digital. <laughs> yeah, good times. Good, good times. times. So power, sodium vapor, right? Sodium vapor. Yeah. Well, that's that, pretty much the end of that one. I yeah, that not, 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 on that. not much to come back to on that topic. Hey, you guys want to hear about a good YouTube rabbit hole that I uh, failed down recently? Uh, Great. Yes. Let's do it. All right, cool. So I found out there's an entire like subculture on YouTube uh, dedicated to documenting fires and uh, watching how the firefighters put them out. And then just like a whole sweeping community of people that are just all armchair firefighters critiquing it. No like way. always super critical. It's never like, thanks for putting out this home. It's like watching where these guys put the truck. They just clearly didn't plan for this kind of a drafting situation. What they really should have done is poke some holes in the vents underneath the roof on the right. It's like, it's gotta be like all like 50 year old men just like <laughs> debating the best way they should have put out the fire of this house. 50 year old volunteer firefighters. Yeah. And it's just you know hundreds what? of these videos. It's I, great. I, I really think that's that's the start of something kind of amazing here, you know, like there's there's rideshare services and you know, we're even seeing citizen being like these social media style like like you know, cr crime awareness. If yes. they did like a uh like some sort of peer-to-peer -peer or 
gig style firefighting service where if a fire <laughs> happens you yeah. tag it with your phone yeah and it basically goes out to a network of amateur firefighters like, yo guys <laughs> who all did big comments on how you're doing and tell you what to do differently well yeah <laughs> but they can also for- like you know tag themselves as one of the firefighters now on that job and they can come in and actually make a difference what if we did what if we did this for not just fires but for all public services and like general services oh my god like oh they should do it with cops and it. firefighters yeah, and ambulances like, hey, this guy's this guy's uh <laughs> robbing a, a, a liquor store um, or it's like help i've broken my leg who who's out there to drive me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah having a heart attack uh anybody <laughs> yeah it's like but you'd make a really easy quick list of like the problems you know yeah. so that way you know mm-hmm. if you are in trouble you know it's only like one one click there's only like four or five yeah ailments listed that are kind of generalized <laughs> yeah then, you just you have five general problems that can only happen <laughs> and then yeah, just like real simple icons you know real simple icons like a heart with a crack down the middle Yes. Or like an arm with like a boo-boo on it. The, the ambulance symbol. Yeah. 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 Or there's just like a question mark, which is like, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I don't know what's but, wrong. but I really could use an extra hand. <laughs> I don't know what I need, but I know that I need help. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's urgent. That, that's urgent. You just it's get one of each. That's like, the, that's like the random encounters on Craigslist or whatever it's called on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah that's and then there's like an actual button at the bottom where it's like an extra like <laughs> five or ten bucks but you hit that and like instead of a dude in his like toyota camry pulling up it'll be yeah. an actual ambul- ambulance like a real <laughs> a real one like that's but it's a little pricier because you know yeah premium <laughs> yeah it's premium yeah. it's for premium users pay, pay extra for premium for uber red it's yeah it's like uber, yeah it's uber red <laughs> 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 the service is called uh i think the firefighting one though is a little better to start out with though because it's called you know, help it's h-e-l-y-p-e h-y-l-p h-y-l-p can you call me a help <laughs> what's wrong <laughs> he, shows, he shows up hey uh here for marcus marcus okay marcus i'm yeah. looking for marcus are you yeah. marcus and you're like uh. <laughs> did anybody order a help <laughs> who ordered the help <laughs> somebody order a help uh, but it has to be spelled with a y h-y-l-p yeah yeah, yeah. the y h-y-l-p is like because it's it sets it apart you know or 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 this is not funny because it's just so lame, but helper, H-L-P-R. I know they already used fire for fire oh, the yeah. Y, but the fire yeah. version of that is definitely F-Y-R-E. Yeah. <laughs> fire. 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 Helper is the, is the direct messages system that you can use to, to message other people. <laughs> I guess, what is yeah. it? The, the, the law enforcement one's police, but with a Y too, like P-O-L-Y-C. <laughs> man yeah i think that works um i think we should get right on that we should get on that one after we launch this website yeah it'll be a subscription service just like we release uh, the subscription service we're going to get into that silicon valley startup 
game. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be venture capitalists in the Silicon Valley startup game. That's where this is all going. We, we definitely need to beta test it in the most lawless country as a proof of concept. Though. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, you take it to. Gosh knows where. Yeah, some, I mean, some, some where, where's a place? There's got to be some place with no laws. You know, there's Antarctica, Antarctica, Antarctica. Yeah, places where if you have enough money. It's like there's no laws. Yeah, I, I think Antarctica is good for like the medical one, but the fire one, I don't know. Uh, ocean based. You could do it like the opposite though. <laughs> Things get too cold. Maybe go to like Micronesia. <laughs> that way, if you burn down Micron- an entire island, Micronesia, yeah, and it can only go so far. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Wow. Lots of good plans coming out of this podcast, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're recording this one, right? <laughs> oh yeah hey, christian we're recording this right let's let's, let's save this one let's say let's, we should save this one <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saving it i'll make sure we're saving it <laughs> thanks cool uh well we were going to talk about the site and uh i wanted to take some time at least we should take some time and spend just a few minutes going through like because we did the announcement video last week on corridor crew yeah, the got future of, of our company. Yeah, we got a lot of questions about what we're doing. And mm-hmm. obviously, we're going to address a lot of those in the launch video. But also, the launch video is kind of a separate thing that talks about like what the site has to add. And so, maybe we take some time and we talk about, like, there's a few big questions. Like, one that I saw all the time. Guys, does this mean you're stopping YouTube? You're yeah. creating a you're creating a subscription website, so it's actually going to be TikTok only from now on out, guys. Yeah, it's TikTok only. No, so just for those of you who haven't heard, I'm sure most of you have, but we're doing our own subscription site, uh, quarterdigital.com, in addition yep. to everything we're doing on YouTube. Now, yep. why? Why? Why would we do that? Why? Why the heck are you yeah. doing that? Well, first things first. The first reason is that YouTube in and of itself has its own ecosystem. It's got its own economics to it. And everything you do on that platform, as as, as wonderful as it is, everything you do on that platform is specifically for that platform. Everything you write, everything, the way that you write everything, you know, by and large, you know, there's some exceptions here and there, but by and large, everything we create for is that on these channels is made for YouTube, the YouTube audience, and the YouTube ecosystem. Now, over 10 years, we've continued to hone that and are fortunate enough to be some of the people that have success making a living doing that, right? Mm-hmm. But where do you go from there? Say you want to say you want to turn around and you want to make a something. Yeah, something. Something <laughs> well, that's I, not I, just I, hey, this I, is going to appeal to a wide enough YouTube audience to get a large enough number of views. So that the tenth of a penny that we get per video or per viewer is going to be enough to support the cost that it costs to make. That mm-hmm. that only gives you that only gives you a, this. It only gives you a box. This box, and it's like if it doesn't fit in this box, what else is there for you in life? Right? There's yeah. there's there's Netflix. There's other subscription services. Right? There's that you can sell your work to. You can go down the Silicon Valley route where you're like hoping for somebody to come in and finance a movie, but by and large that, that format of independent movie financing is like, you know, there's maybe like five people, 10 people that are doing that right now. 
in the world. Yeah. So I think it's going to grow, though. What will? People doing their own self-financing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the traditional, like, someone steps oh. in as a, as a financier to a yeah, finance, yeah. an independent feature film, and then that goes out through the traditional theatrical route. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and all those companies basically die after, like, two movies. Because- right. So there's some of them that turn, you know, some of them turn into the Blumhouses of the world, but that's why there's Blumhouse and, like, you know, a couple others, maybe a handful. And mm-hmm. then... And then you have the big boys, you have the big studio models that, that have their own system of economics, Disney, you know, Marvel studios, what have you. Yeah. And these days that's all kind of based on tried and true. Mm-hmm. We know that this sold, so we'll keep making more of it. Yeah. And again, there's yeah. nothing wrong with any of these models. Like I, I, I don't mean to like go on a tirade here and be like, Oh, you can't do like, no, these are all great. The fact that anything that is uh, that occurs in an audiovisual format can be sold or market it against to, to make earnings off of so that people can continue to do it again is a testament to like the success of modern times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and no point before this, I mean, you had people in theater and stuff like that back in the day, but like at no point before this have as many people been able to be successful at, at making a living at creating audiovisual content than, than now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still leaves something to be desired. And that's, really what this whole thing gets down to it gets down to creating another model one that doesn't you know again like remember when we were first starting youtube and it was all like so is this tv is this movies is it's and and the whole thing was like no it's 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 just youtube that's what it is Mm -hmm. this -hmm. is the same thing this is just our site these are these shows that we want to make for it. Yeah, well, I think it's been a really big challenge because it's it's kind of like a it's over the last decade, even with like movies, there's everyone talks about like the gap of like, oh, where's the like 20 to 40 million dollar big budget action movie? You know, you mm-hmm. feel it feels like there's that split where it's like you see that, you know, the micro budget thing exploding yeah. and then also the, you know, 200, 300 million plus model exploding. Yeah. Because, you know, they can bank on IPs versus the smaller ones now are like, all right, well, we can bank on making enough movies. So that way, when one is successful, they'll pay off the rest. Right. You know, and so there's that creates a gap even in that industry. <clears throat> but then when it comes to like the online world, so to speak, like there, like that that gap, there's not even like another side to that gap right now. We just know what the bottom end is, basically. You know, it's like, it's like you can do this ad supported stuff on YouTube, which works only if like you are a one to two to maybe, maybe three creator team. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but we, there's like that, the upper end of that gap still hasn't been figured out either. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I mean, frankly, like anything that looks produced, so to speak on YouTube is basically made at a loss um just because yeah that that ad system can't support it but yeah yeah your per minute cheap like cost needs to be really low for ad supported yeah stuff. and i mean that's how we we've been doing it too or you have that, like you know 10 million people watch your content but the problem is it's very hard to make something that 10 million people are passionate about well and, and, and here's i think the thing that is puts us in a slightly different situation than most people why most people aren't going out and making sites um 
I mean, there are like, I've seen a lot of people, yeah. like a lot of podcasts and shows like they'll, they have their main site where they release like the full, a full, like one or two hour video. And then they'll post like a highlight clip on YouTube. I've been watching this one channel called all gas, no breaks lately. And they're just mm -hmm. like these hilarious interviews <clears throat> where they go to conventions and just find the weirdest people gas, in, no the, yeah, <laughs> in the weeds. But like, you know, they, they have that model of like, all right, we're posting highlights, so to speak on YouTube, but obviously all the full content still on their site. Um, but yeah, it's like, and it, my point was though, like it's a tough situation or it's a tough transition because I think the main thing is like the moment you open a subscription site, um, there is kind of like, or the moment you start paying for it, it's, it's, there's, there needs to be that guarantee of some level of quality or familiarity. You know, it's like if Netflix was green lighting, like literally every YouTuber's movie pitch, like it would be all over the place with quality. Yeah. And, and like, right. you know, so, so that subscription it already is, is quite all over the place. With it it, it kind of is too. And you know, there's yeah. tons of terrible junk on there too. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, you have to be able to guarantee that, like that, that level of quality, so to speak. And quality comes in millions of forms, not yeah. just talking about using a good camera, but like, at, you know, if you're going to put money down for something you want to, it's not, it's not, a, it shouldn't be a gamble, so right. to speak, you know, and thankfully after making these videos for a decade here on YouTube, I think we're, we've earned a spot there of like, all right, like you've, you're probably pretty familiar <laughs> with what we've been doing. So um, I think that definitely has put us in a good position and that's, I feel like the biggest draw anyways, for someone to subscribe. Yeah, that you're right. That 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 subscription fee goes into exactly that. It goes into guaranteeing that the stuff that we make for the site <clears throat> lives and runs on that model and that model allows us to quality control it all the way through. So, you know, it's it's better to not come out with 100 shows or to try to fold in all of our YouTube channels into this model to, to then all of a sudden make them work on that model. But to think, but to really like the, the thing that I love about the site is that it boils down the essence of, of what our job is for the purpose of the viewer. It, mm -hmm. it completely takes, you, you take out YouTube for a second. Like obviously if you subscribe to the site, you get all of our YouTube content, right? Ad free and all that stuff. But you take away merch, you take away like, other projects that we've done to go behind other paywalls. You just talk about like, okay, if we were to go out and make shows directly for the people who are paying for them, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Direct and, to consumer. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I hate to say it, but like, you know, partially just because of like mental health, but also I think because we're releasing so much content, you know, I'm finding myself recently over the last few months here, like basically only checking video stats and not reading comments on, on videos. Um, and that's usually just because I'm like, look, if the video is doing well, that means it's a good video. If it's got good numbers, it's a good video. And it's not necessarily what people are saying. And that's because right. we've been working in a system for so many years at this point that like you, that's, that is the metric for success, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, Sam, you and I were working on the script for this launch video that we're going to be shooting over the next yeah. couple of days here. And, like, one of the interesting things that we're writing about is 
this concept of audience and like the power of being a subscriber. So, you know, there's this statistic that I bring up, which is right now, and this is true, your view on YouTube is worth one tenth of a penny. So when you go and you watch a video on average, uh, one of our videos on average, we're getting a tenth of a penny for your view. Yeah. Um, and so in other words, like YouTube really is, it really devalues the viewer. It, the viewer isn't worth that much on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas in contrast, if you're a subscriber on the site, like if number of people it would take to equal one subscription for one month from one person on the site is 4,000 people. So you have 4,000 views on YouTube versus one person for one month on the website. So like, you know, just one iteration of the subscription. And that's crazy that, you know, the one person on our website is as valuable as 4,000 views or 4,000 people on YouTube. And I think it shows you that like with that metric, that shift, you know, in power, you can really make something that's tailored to the view, like to a subscribed viewer. Um, We can make something, we don't need a huge audience to make good stuff. We don't need a huge audience to be able to support ourselves or to go out there and justify making a really cool piece of filmmaking. Um, because just you have so much more value and so much more voice and power as a subscriber, even at a really low subscription rate, you know, versus sitting there and just trying, you know, us trying to grind out the ad revenue little by little from just attracting as many eyeballs as possible. Yeah. And like, and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, I know you've said like, this is what it equals, but like, I think what really puts it into perspective is you, is you, let's say you take one of these channels we're running here let's say mm-hmm. there's a vfx artist react video that comes out or i think actually maybe even node's a better example because like it's a smaller audience and mm-hmm. you know what we're making is way more tailored towards what that audience enjoys and so like right now with like big in the grand scheme of things the history of node let's say we release a video that gets four hundred thousand views in like the first week or so we mm-hmm. would consider that a above big success a very above average video like obviously there's a couple that like hit the algorithm and get a million or two views or whatever but like when they hit four hundred thousand, it's that sweet spot of like hey this is a really good video and it's not necessarily hitting the algorithm but people well they're connecting with it and they they like it and so you think four hundred thousand people that's a lot all right so Mm -hmm. when you start taking that division there all right now let's say you release four of those in a row over the course of a month all right so like that is like 1.6 million views there. But the thing is, is that those four videos, when you're comparing that to like the website or the subscribers on that, we're like, wow, we got 1.6 million views. Oh my gosh, so many people like it. Yeah. That's the equivalent of 400 people on the website. Yeah. (laughs) All right. 1.6 million views, 400 people. 400 people watching four videos. 400 people watching these four (laughs) videos. So it's, nuts it's nuts and so like what that transforms it to is like well look we got 400 people like and let me remind you imagine these 400 people really care and like are actually digging this stuff well it's like who are you going to listen to you know are you going to listen to what the algorithm spits back at you or this much smaller group of dedicated individuals who enjoy this it's not necessarily even a casual viewing it's like no here's here's some subscription money like Mm -hmm. and you know ideally that's that's where you find that perfect balance of like here's something that can't exist on the youtube platform that we like to make and also this much smaller audience really enjoys to see and like it's going to take a little time to get there but i think that's why the whole like projects 
page, so to speak, is going to get us there because we'll yeah. we have that direct feedback. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really I think that uh, analogy really hits at home. Like, there's been I think people are really pretty jaded by subscription services these days, especially since we've gone through now the first phase of uh like life forms of subscriptions <laughs> you know yeah we, we we they all started in like you know 2010 11 12 and then and then there was there was all this fervor around them and the and all these venture capitalists invented all in, invested all this money and then you know 2013 14 15 rolled around a bunch of the, the first phases died and then you know second phases died i guess and now we're now we're sort of in like now we're 10 years basically into like subscription models in a real way you know subscription models have been around obviously a lot longer than that well actually but, you know sorry now that i mentioned it like when i was talking about the gaps earlier in content i feel like the top ends of the gaps for online content are kind of defined by your like go 90s and queebies yeah because what the thing is is like it, the, that's that's different from netflix because netflix caters towards the like cinema it's like the low end of the cinema gap so to speak not to say it's low end content specifically but from like a like if we're going to categorize things broadly you know netflix has huge movies on it and stuff so it's like you know it's ca catering to that realm when you look at the go 90s and queebies what they're catering towards is the high end of the on online audience yeah so mm -hmm. to speak but the problem is, is that it's like so high end that it's like it, it almost hits Netflix. You know, it's like it's like so close that it's right. like what this doesn't even really feel like Are you paying curated. For yeah. Like who, on, who's the audience? Like who who's making these videos? That's what I want to know. Like yeah. like is because if it's just a multi-billion dollar corporation, then there's like zero loyalty from the executives to the creators, so to speak. You know, it's like. If you really like a show, it's like who cares? No one's no one no one there cares. They're just looking at their stats too. Investment. Yeah. You know? So so when you think about it that way, like there's been a lot of people saying, Oh, you know, good luck, but I don't think it's gonna work, but good luck. But I don't think people really realize the disparity in value that that we're currently dealing with. And and that four hundred equals to one point six million analogy it, it that's that that's the easiest most direct way to to understand that yeah oh and i mean also i think when when we look at like patreon and stuff it's like we have our patreon numbers and like if that's any sense of like what we can be doing with this website here yeah. you know i think we're going to be off to a pretty good start because you know patreon alone i mean obviously they're all converted into subscribers now yeah anyone who's you know on on the tiers but like, yeah, real quick, just, we should clarify that anybody, this is the one signal to be part of the launch video, but anybody who's a Patreon, or sorry, anybody who's a patron or a supporter at the $5 tier or over on Patreon gets a free yeah. subscription to the website. Yeah, and I think that's super important because I forget who I had the conversation with, but like I was asking someone like if they had a Patreon, I was like maybe at VidCon and they responded by saying, it's like, no, I don't like that because like you're not doing anything for them you know what i mean it's like it, they felt weird because it's like well you just don't is this like a tip jar you know basically it's like you're paying for something but you're not really getting anything afterwards and they, they just weren't that cool with that relationship and you know 
after after I heard that, I haven't been able to unthink it. And so being able to basically go, hey, everyone on Patreon, like, like we've we've accessed the API. Your emails are now registered. You now have a subscription. It's like it's kind yeah, of you have something for your support. Yeah, yeah. it's like right. it's vindication. That's and that's been the longest and hardest battle with Patreon is 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 it's it's great, but it is there is this element of a tip jar in it. Uh, and, and that obviously for some people that doesn't work. Like you, you know, some people are just, they want to see us make whatever we're going to make and they're there to support us. And they've been with us on Patreon and they've helped make all this possible, but other people say, Hey, if I'm going to pay something, I want to get something totally logical. Right. And now with Patreon, you can, you you can do, Oh, we have live streams, which are fun. Those are cool. You have, uh, you know, you can you can give out like different sort of reward tiers, but you can't give people a vote in what you're going to make next. And then just I guess you can. But we, we, we like, tried that in the early days, but the system didn't support it. You're like the, the we were like, hey, a high tier, a high, you know, like one of the goals yeah. was like, hey, we're going to make like was it like a Last of Us Mario concept. But the problem That's with right. that, though, was that like it wasn't. It's like there's no choice. It was like a one-way road to it, and the, by the time we got there, the idea really wasn't really that relevant. And so it was just kind of like, oh crap, like we have to mis- mix this up or something. Because yeah, it, it wasn't like true choice, so to speak. Yeah, there's just that. I guess I guess you can make exclusive stuff and distribute it directly to your patrons. So they have that. But how you know, in terms of like scaling that or offering it's like what so what do you do so say 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 you're a filmmaker right you go out and you make a you go out and you make a show and now you have a thousand patrons and you want to distribute that show to your patrons who paid for it right what do you you, you send them an mp4 yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like where's the experience it, it, it's a downloadable file and yeah, i know it's it, like, it's, it sucks because like i see some podcasts i listen to they got patreons and it's like Hey, if you're a patron, you get an extra like double length podcast. But it's like, well, yeah, I'll download the MP3, I guess, or something. Like, how do I even? <laughs> like, great. You, what do I do with the file now? We used to do that with the project files back in the day. Yeah. We used to have to upload them, and then you, you give people a link, and then they can download the project files. But it's like, there's no, there's not a real experience there, you know? Like, you well, can't not to mention go- that's just like when we were doing it, it was like. Hey, what do we do with these hundred gigabytes? Like we got like kicked off of like two or three services for violating yeah. terms of service because right. of that. <laughs> like we lost the one in one. Because if we would have had to pay for it, all the money that came from the patrons would have <laughs> gone into that. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, like one that's how we lost the one in one account because they were like, Hey, uh, I know we said like unlimited bandwidth, <laughs> but when we said that, we didn't mean like a hundred gigabytes to like, you know, if you you know, people like See, that was like three terabytes of data right yesterday. And it was just yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. that got shut down. <laughs> we said unlimited. We didn't and, really mean unlimited. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not, it's, I don't want to come off as if I'm bashing Patreon. Okay. Like there's plenty of people on there. Oh, we're who, not bashing who it. Have incredible models and like have direct relationships with their audience. And the whole thing created a step a step to separate artists and creators being dependent on like corporate platforms like google and youtube and facebook that ultimately require 
this other person in the room, Mr. Brand Money Guy, who's yeah. spending money in that ecosystem to make it all possible. They created an ecosystem that doesn't have that. Yeah, and, and, and it's and, great. But just what, yeah. we, what we have with the site now is a way for us to make that direct, directly to the viewer and giving them at least the best product we can offer. You know, yeah, so we make like, videos. That's the best thing we can do. So let's give somebody the best viewing experience for our videos and a way to help us, you know, make even better unique projects specifically for them, which it gets tough to do that on Patreon for us, at least, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you get caught up with the whole like, all right, well, I can't actually do what I do on Patreon, but I can make trinkets. You know, it's like I can, yeah. <laughs> I can spend <laughs> right. a lot of time doing all these like auxiliary things that I think can be really cool, but then it ends up being this whole like weird, like little subsystem that kind of prevents you from doing what the people on Patreon signed up for in the first place. And they wanted to see in the first place, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, like the current that's what the, that's, and that's why the website basically does it all. Boom. It's like, you, you, we when we pitch the website, like what the list is like, basically all the stuff on Patreon, except mm-hmm. now you actually get to watch the videos without yeah. ads. It's like, oh, that's cool. Your actual product without ads, cool. And then the exclusive shows, blah blah blah. But then the merch discount that's not on Patreon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean the live streams are. Um, well, the live streams are now hosted on our site, so it's kind they're of now hosted. Yeah, so it's pretty At the end sweet. Of the day, like, we we just wanted like you know our patrons have been amazing and have really helped us you know make corridor what it is today because you know up until we had the you know VFX React and Summon React shows like all of our channels are pretty much small volume channels including corridor because you know corridor we had videos that come out and they'd be big once in a while but outside of that you know they'd come out once every two months once every month and. Yeah you know, for us to survive, we had to have, you know, support from like Patreon plus our ad revenue, plus our brand integrations, plus our merch sales, you know, combining mm-hmm. all these things together and you take any one of those things out and suddenly, you know, the, the table doesn't balance anymore and it falls over. Mm-hmm. But this, like, ideally the site just lets us like going directly to you with the listener or you, the audience member, you, the viewer, like going directly to that person at the end of the day, <clears throat> that's what, that's where the real business model lies and everything up to this point, like, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties, et cetera, all taught us that there needs to be a system in place between us and the viewer, because at the time there wasn't, an, you had to have some sort of technological solution to deliver the product to the person. Right. And then of course, Napster comes along and it's like, wait a minute, some guy in his dorm room made a way for me to access all the music yeah. in the world. <laughs> and he did it for free and it's free. Like, and you tell me the multi-billion dollar industry, the music industry couldn't do this first. They could. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. that's the situation we're in. <laughs> well, you know, it's almost a blessing in disguise that that, that already happened. It is, because, definitely. Because what, what happened there, and we, start, we were having this conversation just before we started, but like you had traditional music and take, take music, take movies, take whatever. But like in this example, it's the music industry. They had a hundred years of uh blood sweat and tears that gone that had gone into creating this one specific model mm-hmm. and that specific model was very very good at selling CDs <laughs> at $20 a CD you guys talking yes. about Napster yeah at 15 to 20 dollars a CD and 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 that was back in the late 90s right yeah. and i remember when i saw like a 22 dollar sticker on a CD i was like what the Fuck. 22 yeah <laughs> 22 dollars you couldn't buy freaking... singles 
Remember, you couldn't buy singles yeah. unless it was like months after they'd already been released and played on the radio. Uh, you could only buy the albums. Yeah, there's a, whole, there's a whole thing where they play the single on the radio. They put the single on a f- album with filler to make you buy the whole album. It was a waste of money, etc. It was a whole machine. And of course, and, if you wanted to listen to it, you had to take the physical device, put it in your physical thing, and listen to dude, it. I know most. Store oh my god! That media somewhere physically oh my in your god. place. Dude, and 90s course, music was just clickbait. <laughs> make one was. good you signal. No Limit Records? Uh, yeah, you, 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 you hire a really good producer to make one dope track, and then you uh. just, like, pump out the rest of the album, and you lead with that great single. Do you guys That's remember No Limit El- No Limit Records? No. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that one rap, the rappers come out with like a Master new, P or whatever. Come out, yeah, Master P was the was the main it was the main producer yeah. behind the whole operation. And they would come out with new artists almost every three weeks. And they wouldn't even take the time. They were they were producing these so massive, mass produced so quickly that they wouldn't even take the time to do album photo shoots for each album. They would take a photo, they would take a green screen photo of the artist, and then they would comp it in to a background of like jewels and cars and like photoshopped. Each each one looked the same. Yep, and it was just photoshopped, and then all the albums were exactly the same, and then they took, they did, they used the exact same technique every time. It was a new artist with a new song, and then here's the album. And that's the original like Russian DIY YouTube video mill. And then if anyone was successful, yeah, they would just. And then if anyone was successful, then okay, here, here, here's your second album. Okay, now we're going to feature you on on Master P's album. Okay, and now we're going to give you your own label. And then they and that's like they did that for like six years, and they just mm-hmm. ran home with it because that was at the that was at the very end of when before it all came crashing down. And this is why I'm saying it was a blessing in disguise, is because they got very good at creating that model so that when somebody, and of course they didn't want to give up that model. Cause if you don't, if you control that model, it's way too profitable to do anything mm-hmm. about, even though you're, you know, effectively creating a void where eventually people are going to be pissed. And so as soon as people figured out that it was all just MP3 files <laughs> that were being created around for no, for no money at all, <laughs> then people were like, well, what the heck? The music industry is, uh, been ripping us off this whole time and so people were so upset about that that they just came in and people were completely okay with like legitimately complete privacy complete piracy Mm -hmm. complete anarchic privacy sorry piracy (laughs) but yeah man if i can get a movie in two minutes for less hassle than it takes for me to use a professional service like right like honestly like i don't pay money because like I pay, I pay the money for the convenience, you know, I want to just get the movie and watch it instantly. Like, that's all I want. I don't care about anything else. I'll pay you five bucks per movie for that to happen. And that's, you know, that's the thing that's a big, like a critique that I hear a lot of these days. It's like, uh, it's just turning into like the equivalent of cable TV from the nineties where you pay 70 bucks because you have to pay $5 for this and $5 for this and $5 mm-hmm. for this, et cetera. Right. And then rather than having one umbrella, you know, one Netflix with all the shows now to subscribe to like 10 different things. And it's like, that's, that's how it's going to be. Honestly, yeah, like, but we, you don't have to. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. In you cable know? television, you had to. Cable yeah, television, you like had to subscribe to all the channels. Yeah. But now you can pick. Now you can pick which channels you want. And like at the end of the day, like I get the complaint. It would be nice if everything was just under one subscription. But 
that's not like there. And there was kind of a brief moment where that's how the industry was. You know, you had like Netflix and you had Hulu and that was kind of it. And guess what, guys? That was the end of it. We'll never, ever return to that. You will, there will never, ever be just one subscription again. Um, that just that, but be... if there was, they'd just jack up the price until they got to the $20 CD model without <laughs> telling you. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, that's just, that's just how things go. You know, it's like we happen to have gone through a little technological shift. Um, and, you know, it was, it was great while it lasted. You know, like, hey, there was a time when there wasn't like, you know, a whole bunch of ads on the internet. It didn't last very long, but there's a brief yeah. moment, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was beautiful while it was, and it's gone forever. And by the end of the day, it's like, it's not really a bad thing. Like it feels like it's a bad thing, but it's not really a bad thing to have all these artists able to independently offer you their content. And for you to be able to pick from anyone you want and in turn have that much more power, power and importance to that artist, because you're directly just supporting them. Like, that's the big thing is the internet's still making that dream come true of like, Hey, all you need to do, like take your time, build a website, put it together and you can have a direct relationship relationship with somebody. You can have an actual industry. You can have actual economics with just you and the person who wants to consume whatever you're making. You right. don't need to go through any gatekeepers. You don't need to go through any other industries. You don't need to go through any other entities, which is how it was back in the day. You had to go through all that because yeah. The, the cost of distributing is really the only cost is the website. And of course, you know, the data for the website, but that's it. It's, it's very, it's insignificant. Distributing on the internet is insignificant, generally speaking, in terms of data cost. Yeah, sure. It might cost a couple of bucks for a big file, et cetera. But like, yeah. you know, compared to like having to haul like a crate of CDs in a truck <laughs> to a spot. <laughs> locations globally. Yeah. yeah. Right, man. No, it's totally. And, and in that, from that perspective, it's, it's basically free from that perspective, even though it's not, you know, there's significant costs regarding like the bandwidth and the, the accessing of the, of that, in, of specifically video files are super expensive, but um, you know, I think it really just comes down to like how much of your life yeah. you want to waste watching ads. Right. I think None. that's a big part of it. You know, yeah. like, like if, I mean, how much YouTube do you watch? It's like, or how many, ad-based services do you subscribe to it's like over the course of a week or two it's like the time that adds up even on instagram it's just like jesus mm-hmm. yeah yeah now i go i don't know I will, I will never subscribe to a service if it gives me ads at the same time i, I know if I, if I, I would rather pay the money and get the content like untarnished the gall of Quibi to offer two tiers of subscriptions you're telling me that like whatever their low one is like five bucks a month, but it still has ads. Okay, like, you guys want to hear something that's what really are you paying gonna, for? This one's really gonna get you're gonna burn your biscuits. Okay, okay here we go. I'm gonna calm no. down so that way I can yeah. like <laughs> shoot right back up. Right, okay, I'm ready. An example of what I never want to do with the website. Okay. No. Okay. So, Major League Baseball right no yeah we no. should totally do baseball no uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do baseball come on sports so i so i signed up for um for mlb.tv okay which is this which is the service that gives you every regular season game well, the watch the boys do the big hits in the next game yeah exactly if, yeah now but but hear hear this okay Say you're in LA or in or in Houston, which has the same basic setup, but I'll just use LA because it's the most apt example. So you buy MLTV, MLB TV, and you're in Los Angeles. Guess what? You can't watch the Dodgers. 
That's a bunch of bullshit. Why can't I watch the Dodgers? Okay, well, here's here's why. Okay, so then so say say you're like, okay, well, it's blacked out on MLB TV. But if I get, um, you know, uh, say I get a, a, a reslung cable subscription like Sling or YouTube TV, then it'll surely be on local television there, right? No, no, it won't really? be. Yeah, so you can you can buy MLB TV and you can buy uh, a, a, a re-slung a re cable subscription mm-hmm. and you won't get your home team because they signed a deal that with, with Spectrum, just like the Astros signed a deal with AT&T to be the exclusive distributor of all of their home games. So now mm-hmm. you can only watch, you can, you can have lived in LA your whole life, been watching every single Dodgers game. You can only watch the Dodgers if you buy a Spectrum cable subscription. And because a, within the package of a Spectrum cable subscription is Sportsnet LA, which is the only channel that distributes Dodgers home games. Now, that is the epitome of what I'm talking about when, when you're talking about like, well, can't you just give me like one thing and can't everything be under one roof? It's like, but do you want it that way? Because I don't want to pay. I'd, I'd be willing to pay. If I was a Dodgers fan, I'd be willing to pay 40 bucks a month or whatever, or 50 bucks a month even to like get all the Dodgers home games. But you have to buy Spectrum cable subscription to get it. So you have to pay whatever it is on top of that. And then, you know, of course, they'll be like, oh, well, it's only $29.99. What, what do you even do with the cable you- box? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're going to resell you. Then you're going to, then you're, then they're going to be like, Oh, plus you need our internet. Plus here, you need to get this bundle package where we install a phone line into your house that you're not going to use. It's just like, it's just so, convoluted. <laughs> it's just so convoluted. I, I just want to get rid of all that and be like, look, if you want to watch quarter digital videos, plus extra stuff that we've never been able to make before that we're going to be now be able to make, and you want to get all of it directly, just this, and that's it. And keep it simple. Like, why can't it just be simple? Why can't it just be simple, Jake? You know what? It can be simple. Dude, and it'll be MLB, simple on CorridorDigital.com. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the MLB's really burned my biscuits, man, because the only people who haven't signed these deals are bad teams. <laughs> the teams that have been consistently under 500 that are the only people that haven't signed these deals. Hey, just to take things, sorry, to take things off of baseball for a second, Jake. Okay, okay. I, know, I know, I know. But uh, turn things positive for a second. I do want to give a shout out to all the people that have signed up to be beta people, users on the site um, and help us kind of like get through the initial stages of launching this thing. You know, we started the whole green light feature with producer points and all that stuff where people can put their subscription money towards the show of their choice. Uh, and yeah, to those that people that have been listening to the podcast here and have known about the site for a long time, those of you who have signed up, thank you for helping us kick the thing off. It's awesome. I'm glad to see it working. I love seeing everybody in the hangouts when we do those. It's just really cool to see this thing starting to become a reality. And it's kind of a big leap, you know? It's like you can tell yourself, like, well, if only I had a you know a really good producing deal, I'd make a movie. If only I had this big old budget, I'd make a movie. And at a certain point, you're just like, I just got to make the thing. Yeah. And so this is us just going out and doing it ourselves, you know, yeah. and directly to you with your support, we can make what you guys want to see. So I'm, I'm super psyched about all that. Yeah. So if you haven't been to the site yet, go, go check it out. Quarterdigital.com. Leave it, leave a comment. Tell us what you think. It's still yeah. in beta. We're still messing with it, but it's uh, it's a good it's first impression. Done. It's almost done. It's At missing some of the cool, 
key stuff with with like all the exclusives. Yeah, next is... week. <laughs> next week we're gonna drop all those. All a that lot fresh, of them are already, a lot of them are ready to to push, but I, I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna do that until they're all ready. Yeah, all the exclusive yeah. new shows are still secret. So yeah, yeah, you'll see that soon. Whew. Well, oh, good stuff. Yes, great stuff. All right, well, guys, that was fun. Yeah, it was. I'm gonna go make some hamburgers. Mm. <laughs> what are we gonna make yeah. tonight, Gideon? A Gideon, pizza? what do you want? Pizza. You want pizza? No you want to play with the flashlight, or you want to eat pizza? All right. Dude, I'm posting all those Instagrams of that pizza company, man. I'm gonna have to try them out. Oh, so good. It's quarantine pizza. Yeah, it's just people been, doing it from home, right? You know, I this the whole COVID thing has exposed who the best chefs are in our city. <laughs> um, I've seen a couple other like little people popping up tents, doing like just walk up stands in their front yards in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it's like they're they are some of the best chefs I've ever had in LA because they're people so dedicated to the craft that they're willing to have a storefront in their front yard. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's I pretty it. pretty amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, they get to do it without inspections. It's kind of a gamble. (laughs) But but that's the thing. It turns out best 90% of the time. Yeah, that's how everything starts. Without inspections. Uh, Yes. Good stuff. All right, gentlemen. It was was really nice ending the workday with a cool conversation with with all y'all. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up. Last thing. Uh, If you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, I'm sorry, this last part requires a visual but youtube.com slash quartercast all right one second what is he gonna do where's he going oh i know what he's doing he's got a photo oh just don't don't even say what it is we're not even gonna say what it is just show it on screen (laughs) and be completely silent i know what this is this is a quartercast exclusive here we go Wow, what a reveal. Our founders. What a reveal. <laughs> Look how cool we are. I have a dragon button up shirt on. I know. Long hair and a bandana. That's yeah. Nico, I remember. Yeah. There. I'm trying to figure That's... out what Sam's wearing. I'm wearing a Van Halen shirt. Oh, you are. Oh, Indeed, nice. you are. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me take it out of the wax paper. Sam was a bit of a rocker back in the day. I was a bit yeah, of a rocker. Back in the day. Yeah. Doesn't do rock and roll anymore. No, nope, no more rocking and rolling. <laughs> now he's a Only bluegrass. All right here, we can see this stuff, the wax paper ruining it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Wow. Look at that. Gloss. Our founders. Dude. Our founders. <laughs> High gloss. I like how you guys both have the same, like, jeans and sh- and dark shirts on, too. Like, that. Yeah. Some nice coordination going into that photo shoot. Yeah, it's a great photo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Sam's mom. <laughs> Yeah, who knew who knew there was a better photo than the one we already have hanging in the studio? Yeah. Also taken by your mom. Yeah. Also now taken by know. my mom. But the thing is, is that that photo is living proof that two idiots with a camera <laughs> can one day make videos that are still kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Seriously, go out and do it. If you want to, go out and do it. It's going to take time. But if you like it, it shouldn't matter. It's going to take enough time from you looking like that to looking like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, All right, right, guys. 
it's been good. Yeah, good talking to everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Nice time. See you in the next one. Later.